0: Output transcript Out of the Billah, Minashe Rahim, and Hamdulilla, Hirobilla Alamin. Was Salah to a Salam or Allah Sayyidina, Wanabiyina, Abil Kasimil Mustafa, Muhammad, Wa Allah Alihi, at Tayyibin, at Tahirin, or Lana to Daim or Allah Aradaim, Ejmain, Ane, Ella Kiyami, or Medin. Salam, Rahikum, or Rahmatullah, dear brothers and sisters, I hope everyone is doing well, and welcome to another episode of our Tafsir of Durakumail podcast. In the last episode, we essentially ended here where we talked about how Ali ibn Abi Talib through this dua, he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the forgiveness of his sins. And it's interesting when you normally think about a dua, the first thing that comes to your mind is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for different things. But in reality, what we find with Ali ibn Abi Talib is that Essentially, a lot of the dua is not necessarily him asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for things It is more so a discussion, a conversation It is more so venting sometimes It is more so building a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Explaining how generous and how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is And of course, in the midst of this dua, in the midst of these you know, these statements and these principles of Islamic teaching that he is speaking of, then you will find uh, certain times where he will actually bring up a certain request that he has. So this, uh, what we're reading right now in these lines, is actually a part part of the du'a where the imam is literally now asking for things. So, this was the last request that we went through. He said, hatamtaha wa hakamtaha wa man ajraytaha fi Ya Allah, I ask you by the right of these laws that govern the world, and we mentioned this and we talked about this that these the law that he's referring to is the idea that when you sin, you are to be held accountable for it. That there's no running away from the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no eluding, you know, the, the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by this issue, right? By this point. That, Ya Allah, forgive for me my sins fi al wa That you forgive the sins of mine on this night wa fi And in this particular moment. And we talked about how the word asara. is it doesn't necessarily refer to you know, the meaning that we would use um, today even in contemporary Arabic when they say Sa'a um, or Sa'at for example they're talking about hours, right? But in the verses of the Qur'an, in Hadith, obviously back in the day you didn't have an hour the way we had it today or we have it today. So when the verses of the Qur'an or Hadith say as they're more so talking about a moment. And this is part of the reason why the Day of Judgment is referred to as as in the verses of the Quran يَسْأَلُونَكَ Ayyana Mursaha. Um The reason why it's referred to as as is because it feels more so like a moment and that the idea of it being like a moment is uh, pointed out to be a means of surprise like it catches people off guard, right? And again these are, we have verses uh, that talk about this. But I don't want to go into too much detail there. Nonetheless, Ali ibn Abi Talib is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, forgive my sins, forgive them tonight, forgive them right now. And we said that this illustrates and shows to us the urgency that Ali ibn Abi Talib feels in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the forgiveness of his sins. Okay, and then he started to explain what he means by these sins. He said every offense that I have committed wa in every deed that is deemed a sin. And of course them the word them itself means a deed that brings about a consequence with it. And that's why we call a sin them, because it is a deed that brings about a consequence. The consequence some of which are in this world, some of which might be in the next world. Wa in every ugly thing, this might be an ugly deed or it might be an ugly uh, attribute of a human being that I have concealed. Okay, forgive all of these, remove all of these. And every ignorance that I acted upon. And we said the reason why Ali ibn Abi Talib is using this word jahl is because essentially every sin that the human being commits the reason for it goes back to a form of ignorance this is a longer discussion but you find traces of this in surah yusuf yusuf salaam, when he is speaking to in that first encounter that he had those critical moments where Zuleikha makes that request for him to approach her right then you find the first words that uh, Yusuf says over there is إِنَّهُ رَبِّ مَثْوَايِ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلَحُ الظَّالِمُونَ He says, I will not do this because I will be amongst the wrongdoers. But later on when he's talking about this and the other women in Egypt start to approach him, he says, Ya Allah take me to prison because if you don't take me away from these women, I will be amongst the juhal. I will be amongst those who are ignorant. Right? So what he's saying is that if I act upon the sin, I will—I am acting upon my ignorance. Therefore, sin and ingor- ignorance—they always go hand in hand with one another. Whether I hid them or they came out into op- into the open. This is where we ended roughly. Of course, there were some other points that we hadn't mentioned before that I wanted to mention uh, before we move on. And then this was the line where we ended essentially. Ya Allah, every evil deed of mine that I did, that you ordered these writers, and we'll have to talk about who these writers are, but these honorable writers that you have, every evil deed that I committed and that they wrote down, I need you to forgive all of those. Okay. Now, there's a lot to talk about here and a lot to unpack here, so we're gonna, you know, unpack that in just a second. I'll read a couple more lines and then we'll come back. Those that you had appointed to be in charge to record, right, and to watch the things that I'm doing and those that you had made them a witness upon me they would stand there and they would witness what i was doing ma'ajawarihi alongside my bodily members my organs my limbs okay so we're going to unpack this these lines in particular and talk about who these writers are okay al-kiramul katibin this of course is a terminology that ali ibn abi talib is not using for the first time this is coming from the verses of the quran in Suratul Infitar, you find Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says these are verses 6 through 12 that I am quoting. He is speaking to the human being. He says, "Ya ayyuhal insan, ma gharraka bi rabbikal What is it that makes you uh, arrogant? What is it that makes you go against your Lord, the one who is honorable, the one who is generous? الَّذِي خَلَقَكَ فَسَوَّاكَ فَعَدَلَكَ فِي أَيِّ مَّا شَاءَ رَكَّبَكَ The one who created you in you know the most magnificent of manners. كَلَّا بَلْ بِالْدِّينَ عَلَيْكُمْ These verses says, this is verse 10, that certainly there are those who are watching over you. Not watching over you necessarily in the sense of protecting you, although we'll talk about this. This is one of the uh, essentially the functions of an angel and the functions of an angel is really a very beautiful topic inshallah if we get an opportunity we'll delve into that that is one of their functions but this is hafideen more so in the sense of they are doing hifth of everything that you do they are watching and witnessing everything that they that you do Kiram and katibin they are honorable and they are writers so everything that you do they are writing, alamun And they know everything that you are up to, essentially. Now, who are these writers? We know, and this is of course something that we are taught from a very young age, that we have two angels that are writing things. Now, why is it that the verses of the Qur'an say, kiram man It doesn't say, كَاتِبَيْنَ You know, Katibin is a plural form, right? And usually, I won't say always, but usually in Arabic, When you use plural, you're talking about three and more. We do have instances where uh, you use plural form and you're referring to two people. But for the most part, when you use it, you're talking about three and more. Whereas we know these two angels, the angel who is responsible to write the good deeds of the human being on the right side and the angel who is responsible to write the bad deeds of the human being, the evil deeds of the human being on the left side, we know that there's two of them. Why is it that the Qur'an is saying, you know as, a, as, you know, as a plural? Well, maybe, maybe, because these two angels are the ones essentially who are directly in charge of the deeds of every human being. This does not mean that they are the only ones who are writing, right? If you think about it, and when I say think about it, like when we go back to Islamic literature... You find that there are thousands, you know, upon thousands of angels, and each one of them has a different job. And a lot of them are writing, in fact. A lot of them are people, or not people, but like, you know, angels who are supposed to write the deeds of the human being. Yes, two of them in particular are the ones who are directly witnessing what each and every human being is doing. Right, but that doesn't mean that once these angels write, that other angels do not write. No, maybe once these angels write, and in order for this to be transferred to the heavens, then it is written again, and we have we have some traces of this idea uh, in the verses of the Quran because the Quran talks about there being more than one book that consists of of the incidents and the events in this world. Right? So there's a lot of discussion there. So I'll leave that, but that's that. I just wanted to clarify that because that's for probably one of the first questions that comes to mind. Is well, if there's two angels, why is the Qur'an saying kiraman katibin? Why is the Qur'an saying that there are angels that write, Right, and it's used in a plural form? So that may be one reason why. Okay. Now, in terms of those who witness the deeds of the human being, and you found in you know the later lines of the Dua, Ali ibn Abi Talib also touched on this. He said, Wa shuhudan He said that yes, you made these angels a witness there, but then there are other ones as well. It's not just the angels who are there and who are writing the deeds of the human being. In fact, you find that there are multiple witnesses that will show up on the Day of Judgment that will bear witness to the different deeds that the human being has committed So I'm going to go through somewhat of a list of these different witnesses and our mufassirin have talked about this alongside the verses of the Qur'an or when they are explaining these verses from Suratul Al-Infitar they've talked about this Of course, first and foremost, when I do something Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala is the one who will know about this That's number one Number two the second person who will know about this or the second group who will know about this are the prophets and the awsiyah of the prophets, the successors of the prophets. Those who have knowledge of everything that has happened and everything that is going to happen. Now we have this again in the verses of the Quran that when individuals do different things, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that Allah and his prophet and a group of the believers they will see what you are doing they know what you are doing and we know from other Ahadith as well that the actions of the human being that they are recorded and witnessed and known by the Ahlul Bayt as well okay so when the Imam of our time he knows exactly what I'm doing and that's why when you look at the Ahadith you you actually find different Ahadith you have some Ahadith that speak of the idea that uh, you know, the book of deeds of each and every uh, human being are uh, essentially presented to the Imam of our time once a week. Some ahadith say twice a week. But setting aside all of that, we have multiple ahadith in which it says that the Ahlul Bayt had the type of knowledge that they knew everything that was going to be and everything that was going to, everything that has been and everything that was going to be. Right, and that there are certain books that they have where this information is uh, available to them. Of course, these wouldn't be like your, you know, your typical normal books. These are some special books. We don't have much knowledge of what these books actually look like, but you know, in, in our hadith, specifically in the book of Al Kafi, in the chapter of Imamat or the chapter of Hudjat, the one who is a representative of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, we have uh, multiple ahadith that talk about this. So, the second category is the prophets and their successors. The third are the actual limbs and body parts of the human being itself. And we know this again because the verses of the Quran tell us that when people show up, right, and they come to the hellfire on that day, this is specifically mentioned in Surah Fussilat, that essentially the human, the organs of the body of the human being, And the different parts of the body of the human being, they will bear witness to what the human being has done. Alongside that, the skin of the human being in particular is mentioned as well. That the skin of the human being will bear witness against them. Okay, then that's the fourth, the third category. Then after those three, of course, yes, the angels would be the fourth category. Then after that comes the earth or the land that someone is walking on. Okay, we also know this from multiple ahadith and also from Surah Zilzal because Surah Zilzal says that when that earthquake takes place, أخبارها, that the earth will then speak of its incidents and of, and of its inv- events and of its news and of its information. What is that referring to? That's referring to what the human being was doing on earth. And then beyond that, we have hadith also. And this is the last category that the time of the day in which the human being committed a deed that time of the day will bear witness also against him or for him you know depending on whether it's a good deed or a bad deed okay now so you see this whole category of witnesses it's not just the angels who are writing it's not just the angels who are essentially keeping record of what the human being was doing nonetheless the angels in particular are there and we and these are you know the angels are known for this that they would be writing the deeds of the human being again in surah qaf we read this now in surah qaf allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually uses two words right That seem to be referring to these two angels. So, this is what Surah Qaf says. This is verses 16 through 22. That we created the human being and we know what the human being is thinking to himself. And we are closer to him than the jugular vein. إِذْ يَتَلَقَّ الْمُتَلَقِّيَانِ عَنِ الْيَمِينِ وَعَنِ الْشِمَالِ قَعِيدِ When those moments are there where the two angels, رَقِيب and عَتِيد These two angels are sitting there and they are hearing everything that he is saying on his right side عَنِ الْيَمِينِ وَعَنِ الْشِمَالِ مَا يَلْفِظُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ إِلَّا لَدَيْهِ رَقِيبٌ عَتِيد And there is nothing that he says Except that Raqib and Ateed are there to hear what he is saying. Okay. So, a lot of scholars have said that this Raqib and Ateed that the verses of the Quran are referring to are referring to the two angels that are sitting on the right and left side of the human being. Raqib, the word itself, means a person who is recording things, a person who is remembering things. And then Ateed refers to someone who is present which essentially refers to the same meaning if you think about it. Present in the sense that he is witnessing everything that is going on. And then again, when the human being is risen and resurrected on the day of judgment and he is moving towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers in the continuation of these verses that there are two beings okay, that will be... One will move ahead of the human being and the other one will be behind him, pushing him forward, right? Because you know, if you want to move something, there's two ways to do it, right? You would have someone at the at the you know in the front who will guide someone, and then you also have someone at the back who might push, you know, that thing. In this case, it's the human being. The Quran continues, it says, the those final moments of death have come. وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّور يَوْمُ and then the trumpet is blown into it وَجَاءَتْ كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مَعَهَا سَائِقٌ Shahid. and on that day there will come every human being with him is a being moving ahead of him and also a being that will bear witness either with you know for him or against him now scholars again they say that these some scholars at least they say that these two beings that are with the human being are actually the two angels that are in charge of recording the good and bad deeds of the human being. Okay, so these you know, two angels, they will play a very important role. What, what does their, What do their interactions look like? And how do they actually carry out their job and their duty? And what do the Ahadith tell us more about these two angels? Because the verses of the Quran, they don't go into too much you know, more detail about what exactly they do and how they go about uh, carrying out their duty. But Ahadith, on the other hand, do tell us that how they go about things and how they uh, interact with one another. So we will uh, delve into that. The one point I want to clarify, uh, inshallah, before... Uh, We wrap up this episode and we'll move on to this topic and the continuation of it in the next episode Is that these two angels are not to be mistaken With the two angels that come and sit inside the grave When someone leaves this world These two angels and those two angels are very different And the reason why, you know, one major difference that you can tell between the two uh, First of all, these two are called Raqib and Hatid uh, again, a lot of scholars would go with that opinion that, you know, Raqib and Atid are the names of these two angels um, and but the angels that sit in the grave those are Nakir and Munkar, okay so that's one big difference obviously they have different names and then beyond that the other major difference is that the two angels that come and sit in the grave they are the same angels for every human being okay so it's the same nakir and munkar that will come, and they will essentially, uh, you know, ask and question the human being that has left this world. But they're the same ones for every single human being. Whereas the two angels that we are talking about, when we talk about the angels that are recording the deeds of the human being, each one of them or each pair, I should say, are specific to each and every human being. So, what that means is that my Raqib and Ateed are going to be different from your Raqib and Ateed. Yes, we use the same title for them, and the Quran is using the same title for them, or the same category for them, but that doesn't mean that they're the same. So, essentially, if you take the number of human beings that are alive and multiply it by two, that's how many Raqib and Ateeds you would have. Whereas Nakir and Munkar, like we mentioned, it's just Nakir and Munkar, it's the same pair of angels. That will come and question every human being so i just wanted to clarify this because this is a common misunderstanding that people have they assume that these two angels that are recording the deeds of the human being are the same ones who will come inside the grave and they will do uh, the questioning of the human being whereas the reality is that these two are very different from one another inshallah in the next episode we will talk about how raqib and atid these two angels uh, that each and every one of us has how they go about their uh, duty thank you very much for being with us inshallah we'll continue with this topic in the following episode keep us in your duas was wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh